It's time to open up the hollowed halls of leadership. It's time to figure out what the secrets are to being a successful leader and running a successful organization. It's time for VoltCast Illuminating Leadership. Your host is Jeff Smith, an executive coach and business leader who has over two decades of forward-thinking executive leadership as a human resources and operations professional. Now, Jeff and his guest experts are ready to share their tips and studies with you. Now, here is Jeff Smith. Welcome. So happy you could join us today. You are listening to Volcast Illuminating Leadership. I'm your host, Jeff Smith, and it is a beautiful day in Virginia. Hope wherever you are, it's a beautiful day. If not, maybe by the time we're uh, spending our hour together, it will be a little more beautiful for you. I've got Jennifer Owen O'Quill with me today in studio. We will be talking about coaching for peak performance. I am so happy to say to the folks in China, Iran, UAE, India, so happy you could join us. Um, And obviously, lots and lots of friends from across the United States. Since you guys uh, take the time to reach out and join us, I want to tell you how to connect with us in the best way possible. You can reach us during the phone call at 1-866-472-5788. You can email me at jeff at voltageleadership.com. Our website is www.voltageleadership.com. You can like me on Facebook at Voltage Leadership. You can connect with me on LinkedIn at Jeff Smith, Voltage Leadership Consulting, or follow me on Twitter at JMU Jeff. So again, what a great week it's been. Lots of really interesting coaching cases, discussions with our clients. Jennifer, as you may recall, she's been on the show before. Jennifer is the leadership director at Voltage Leadership Consulting. She works with uh, folks to help grow their leadership skills, their strategy, and really has a passion for helping leaders reach their full potential. Jennifer has been with Voltage for a couple of years now. She's married and has a son, and I'm sure there's going to be some coaching examples from those, <laughs> if nothing else. You know, and from my four kids, who knows? We may we may just all have coaching assignments from the kids. Right, Jennifer? That's right. That's right. They're the best uh, teachers. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. So our topic today was coaching for peak performance. I guess, you know, maybe where to start is, you know, why is that important? Why is coaching for peak performance even important? Like this whole coaching thing. Why is that important? Well, I think to start with, uh, from my point of view, people love to be able to do their best and they don't know how to do their best if they don't have feedback, if they don't have a sense from their leader how they're doing, what their performance is like. And it starts with uh, knowing your role. Then it goes on to, am I doing my role right? (laughs) And uh, what are the goals of the role? Right, And just to be able to circle back around and say, okay, how much progress am I making and what course corrections do I need to make to keep being successful in the role that I have? So I think just it's an ongoing process. When people get stuck and they stop learning, uh, they stop thriving, they stop growing, and so does your success as a leader. Hmm. Interesting. So for the audience today, um, what we're going to do is we're going to hit a couple models up front on the front end. We'll sort of set up the scenario. And then we're going to go through a bunch of real practical cases today. You know, that, that kind of hard person to coach, maybe the person that's uh, kind of stuck in status quo. So, again, the first part of the show, we'll uh, introduce some of our thinking at Voltage around how to work with high potential leaders, how to work with uh, employees. But then also, well, what do we do? You know, so real some practical tactical in the back half. What I like about what you said there, Jennifer, is for me – Sometimes we, we think about coaching as it's just sports. And this is really coaching for peak performance. And what we're trying to do in the workplace is help people's potential really match up to their performance. Often some interference gets in the way. And so the type of coaching we're talking about is maybe not that executive coaching, where it's more, 
okay, what's our career look like? How do we redesign our organization? Additionally, it's not mentoring. Like, here's how to do this. It's really on the job being able to say, how do you get to be as effective as possible? So when we're talking about this kind of coaching, that's the kind of coaching that we're talking about. Does that make sense, Jennifer? It does. Yeah. It does. That's what people need to hear more yeah. of. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Well, you know what? I guess I'm curious about, you know, you've got tons and tons of experience. Um, what, what do you hear about in, in the workplace? Um, why do people coach and why do people maybe not coach? What are some of, the, what are some of your thinking there? Well, I think people that coach do it because they see the results mm-hmm. or sometimes they're natural uh, teachers. Sure. They just like to show people how to do what they do or occasionally you get a control freak who likes you to do it exactly <laughs> the way you want it done. Why are you uh, looking at me? What? <laughs> but, but people that don't coach, sometimes they do that for the right reasons too. They want people to be able to run on their own and see what they do. They're just curious about what that person will do without a lot of guidance. And there's a place for that, mm-hmm. I think. But if, you, uh, if you're always in that lane, then there's just not enough information for people to be guided in, in the best direction. So uh, coaching sometimes is... People are too busy. They don't have time. They don't think it's important. And I find that that is the where most people are at. They don't understand the benefit of the care and attention that they pay to their people and the dividend that they'll get when they invest the time. So that's really the that's really where we're trying to gain some ground is in that last section where you just start giving it the time you need. Mm-hmm. But I can see and you can see in our work how much would be gained when people would do that. Yeah, so I think uh, if we're playing uh, Family Feud on TV, you know, the number one answer was time. Ding, 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 ding. <laughs> but there are others. You know, some of it's, I don't know how to coach. I'm a little nervous about coaching. If I coach, you know, will they think native of me? Uh, maybe I'm a little, little worried about micromanaging. You know, and so today we'll kind of address some of those. But at the outset, what I'd say from Jennifer and I's point of view is that, yeah, coaching uh, as the leader, absolutely critical. In a lot of ways, it's the best coaching that you will ever receive. And so just think about it. Some people say, well, I was never coached. Well, get over yourself is what I say, you know, because here's the deal. Yeah, I wish that you'd been coached too, but you didn't. So someone's got to change that cycle. And in today's knowledge workplace, the best sort of folks, the most engaged workplaces are ones where people are coaching them and helping people get feedback and move up. Right. Does that make sense? Yes, and if you're and, and I think it goes in both directions too because if you're a careful listener when you're when you're coaching someone else, you'll also hear some thoughts and insights that can help you make changes about how you're doing what you're doing too. So it really is a two-way street. Yeah. So let's dive into one of our models here. So we're in the United States here going through uh, the baseball playoffs. And so we're about uh, one round away from the, the next World Series. And uh, I know Jennifer is a fan of the Chicago Cubs. Go Cubs. Go Cubs. Go Cubs. You know, to, uh, I know I've got some friends out there from uh, Cleveland. So the Indians won their third game last night. So to all my Cleveland Clinic friends, you know, good luck to the Indians. Hope they keep it alive and they may meet the Cubs in, in the finals there. But we've got this uh, leadership uh, model that has an image of a baseball diamond. Um, why don't you walk the listeners through the, the diamond and then we'll sort of build off that. And I was so happy that we had this right at this time and we were pulling up today to to talk about the high potential zone. So I want you to imagine a baseball diamond. And the high potential zone is how you get your players uh, from the from the, their at-bat all the way back through the four bases uh, and across home plate to score. So we start uh, when your player comes up to the plate, they need to know what their role is. They need to know what it is that they're trying to accomplish. They need to know 
uh, what the job is. So it's roles and goals. The next first base is recognition. So they get there, and you got to congratulate them for getting that far. Um, when you get a when you get your uh, employee, your player to second base, then you need time to review and let them know how they've done uh, so far and what's coming next in the game, right? And then third base is refining. That's where we do coaching. It's right in the moment, getting alongside someone and telling them how to finish and score, and then boom, you cross the finish line and you get to go rest <laughs> and refresh before you hit the bases again. So it's roles, recognition, review, and refine. Is there um, some celebration, maybe, because I did a good job? Is that Absolutely, cool? absolutely. That's the congratulations. You cross home plate, and you uh, get your high fives, and sweet. and uh, you, you get to go have your time in the dugout. I think it's also important that rest and refresh is important for uh, the cycle before you hit it again. And uh, and we often don't take enough time in that space, and we don't. Or I am not a very good celebrator. Mm. I have been accused of not stopping to celebrate my own successes, let alone that of others. So uh, it's important to stop and celebrate. Yeah, we had Scott Eblen on the program about two weeks ago, and we were talking about everyone being stacked, racked and stacked, and meeting after meeting, and and we kind of talked about rest and digest. It's a little bit of like, whew, downtime, and what, what just happened here? You know, and so it's also, though, as a leader, what I want you to hear is it's really important to uh, be able to have the chance to celebrate, to recognize each other. But, you know, I think it's the, the, the first step that's the hardest is setting those sort of role clarity and be able to get clear expectations. I, I know, uh, you know, I'm just picturing one client right now where they're moving fast and they're growing and expanding so quickly. that It's really hard to just slow down and figure out the roles because what the role was last week is different than it is this week. And it will be different in two more weeks and they'll probably add six more people. And so, whoa, how do I handle that? Because it makes sense that that will help me get better performance. But what happens when I'm growing and moving fast? Right. And that's where a constant conversation doesn't mm. have to take time, mm-hmm. but constant conversation is important. And that conversation can be walking along the hallway, just getting clear with each other. And it's also pausing to, to communicate around to the whole group where people are at uh, in a regular rhythm. So it might be a five-minute stand-up that you do, depending on what your timeline is at the beginning of the week or at the end, let people know where where everybody stands and what the roles are. That role clarity, both for overall organization role and in this particular project, this is my part, both of those things are important because it's roles tied to goals. So this is my role and this is how I'm executing that role in this particular scope of work that I have. And just getting clear about that and giving people a chance to talk it through is important. Yeah, and I want to pick up on something you mentioned earlier that I think is absolutely critical. And this thing of... um, Recognition and appreciation, mm-hmm. right? And so uh, one of our studies suggests that 93% of employees feel underappreciated. And feeling underappreciated keeps people from doing their best work. And so, you know, I, I think as we move along through the segment, I'd love to hear more about how do we recognize, how do we reward people. But, you know, just at the outset, is there a sort of a ratio maybe of sort of a number of positive comments to negative and, and positive appreciation that we should be thinking about? It's a, there is a number, and it's, it's a number that's from data both in relationships, but also it, it's proven itself in the workplace. That number is five to one. So five positive comments to one course correction creates the environment for people to be able to drive change. And that's ultimately what we want. So those moments that we recognize someone along the way get them to be able to keep running. That's why recognition is first base. Recognition right is first base. Right at the beginning. It. It's not third base. It's first Sweet. base. Sweet. Now that makes sense. <laughs> well, Jennifer, we're off to a running start. We're at first base here, you know, and so when we come back from the break, 
uh, we'll maybe hit on first base just a touch more, and we'll we'll move over to second base and hear a little bit more about what's next in our uh, in our baseball diamond. So again, you're with Voltage Leadership Consulting here on Volcast, and when we come back from two minute break, we'll pick up with our model. Thanks, and see you in two. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. You've heard of good things coming in packages. Well, maybe there's a little more to that saying. But when you think about it, packaging is one of the most important things that can represent your business. Tune into Ditch the Box with host David Marinak. Each week, we'll discuss flexible packaging marketing, sales, and how it all comes together in one container. Lower costs, increased margins. Listen to the show. It might just save you a ton. Ditch the Box is heard live every Wednesday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific on Voice America Variety. Tired of wasting time and spending marketing money with little results? Are you looking for more leads, clients, and revenue in your business with predictable results? Tune into Mojo My Business with the team behind Mojo Global, Ira Rosen, and Corey Michael Sanchez. Our program will showcase proven expert solutions that have helped countless businesses outsell the competition and gain massive market share. Mojo My Business can be heard every Monday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com. You are listening to Volcast Illuminating Leadership. To reach Jeff Smith or his guest today, please call 1 866 472 5788. Again, that's 1 866 472 5788. You may also send an email to Jeff at VoltageLeadership.com. Now, back to Voltcast Illuminating Leadership. Welcome back. So glad you could be with us today. I'm here today with Jennifer Owen O'Quill. And we're talking about coaching for peak performance. And before the break, we'd been talking about recognition. And so just to recap, recognition is the critical first base. You've got to recognize people for their performance. We suggest a five-to-one ratio, five positive comments for every course correction, um, opportunity for development, et cetera. You can go too far. If you get to 13 to one, we're probably in kumbaya land. And that's probably, you know, we're not pulling people accountable enough. But in general, most people are somewhere around a one to one ratio. And uh, that's one positive for one negative. So let's go uh, continue this journey around the base paths and talk about a little bit more. One of the things that uh, I know that we hear a lot is people get confused about their roles and what their goals are. Um, and gosh, that can cause some mass confusion. And so when we've got folks that are coming to us and saying, Jennifer, I'm confused. I don't know what's going on. I don't understand my role. Um, unclear goals. You know, what advice do you give those folks? I, I hear on that side, I, I usually say go back and ask. Mm. And there's so much resistance to that. It feels so scary to say, I, I, don't, I don't get it. I'm not clear. I don't understand. And you won't get that unless you go and ask. The same is true in the other direction, right? Because if you, I, we also hear from leaders on the other side in our conversations, Jeff, of I'm so frustrated because I've told them five times exactly what I need them to do and it's not coming back to me. And why aren't they going and doing the things that we need done? And to that, I would say, have you asked for what uh, they've understood? And also, 
if you repeat the same thing in the same way, mm-hmm. you're going to get the same result. So right. think about how you're delivering your message and how that person hears. So there's the other piece of it. Asking in both directions what's been heard, but also for someone to repeat what they've said so that you can really understand. Yeah, I think that it's uh, often just not very specific either, right? You know, So it's sort of an unclear goal with maybe lacking a deadline or a timeline. Where are the resources? Who can I be involved with? And so I think the more specific can you be, but I guess I'm curious, can you go too far? Does that become micromanaging? It, it can be. And that's also, I think back of uh, when you and I first started working together, we both have things that we love to do and things that we're good at. But when you're, when you're learning on a new team, you do need to be more specific about what the expectations are. You do need to be more clear and crystal clear at some times about what exactly uh, the other person is allowed to do and make in terms of making decisions. And what, are you asking for a recommendation or are you asking for a result? <laughs> and those are very different things. So being really clear about what the outcome is, as well as the steps that someone's allowed to take to get there is helpful. Yeah. Um, I find that most people um, fall into two camps. They're either very vague and they think that they've given this grand vision and that people are going to somehow uh figure it out, right? And so they have unclear expectations. Or quite honestly, they tell them, you know, it's the blue pen on page seven and, you know, it's spreadsheet A through Z, right? And so I find, I think finding that balance. So I think what you're suggesting has worked with my clients as well. And it's a, it's a back and forth. And early on, you probably do want to give more specificity. And then later on, when we're getting to these goals, you know, and roles, being able, okay, tell me what you're hearing and maybe give them a little bit more room to see what they're thinking about, right? That's exactly right. No, oh, good. That's exactly right. Sweet. I'm good. Uh, I fall into the more vague category, so I know that. And so that's one that we're always working on. So I think for us, it's also about trying to, uh, as the leader, seek the feedback, you know. And so we've got this uh, um, formula that we use from time to time uh, that I think you like. Um, so I'll, I'll just hit on it for a second, Jennifer. And this is from Tim Galway. It originally came from the inner game of tennis. And it is performance equals potential minus interference. Let me report, repeat that. Performance equals potential minus interference. And so what happens is that we have, um, what we're trying to give, go for is peak performance. It's, it's the title of our show. It's, it's, it's our aim. What happens though is that folks have this great potential, but interference really gets in the way. And so when we're trying to coach, what we're trying to do is figure out what is that big piece of interference that's getting in the way. For some, it's time management. It could be an inability to say no. Maybe they can't prioritize why. Well, I've got another person that's really arrogant. And so they think they're the smartest person in the room. And honestly, many times that person is the smartest person in the room. But the downside is that he tells everybody he is. And so that arrogance is getting in the way. And so that's keeping them from being as successful as possible, right? And so as a leader, it's our job to get some feedback and clear those obstacles out of the way. Does that make sense? Yes. People end up with beliefs about themselves or about the world around them that don't serve them. Mm. And I'm, I'm often asking the question when someone comes to me with a with a mindset of, well, I shouldn't have to explain or, or how to do this to this new person because I had to figure it out for myself. That's fine that you believe that. But is that belief serving you? What's that going to show your obstinance about this to the rest of the organization? Right. It's not you don't own the information. It actually belongs to the company. Right. <laughs> So how we how we figure out how to blow past our own sets of beliefs so that we can really engage with the work uh, that's a that's a challenge too. 
Yeah. And so I think it's a um, being honest, identifying your interference, mm-hmm. um, and then getting seeking feedback so that you can be coached up, but also as a leader. Uh, and this is a great tip that, that Jennifer does that uh, I want to shout out. Um, Jennifer always says uh, she's gotten feedback or she's working with leaders. What's the last 10%? You know, because a lot of times that last 10% is really the key to the interference. But sometimes we soft pedal the feedback or maybe we're afraid that they're not going to be able to hear it. So Jennifer challenges me to say, Jeff, tell me the last 10%. But she also challenges the leader she works with to give them the last 10%, right? right. And, I, and I think it's important to create the conditions for that to be heard. So when I, when I ask my people for the last 10%, I'll say, do you have the last 10%? Is there anything more? Are you sure? Mm. And then I'll say, if you think of something, when you put your head on the pillow tonight, I want you to pick up the phone tomorrow or come in my office and give me the last 1% that you didn't (laughs) share today. Because it really shows that I mean it. And I've had that phone call the next day. You know what? I have a 1% for you. (laughs) And we have a language to talk about it. So some of it is if, if you repeat things that show what you want from people, it gives them a direction to go in. And again, that's setting expectations and being clear about what you want. And then when they do it, thank them, right? Mm-hmm. That's where we get the recognition piece. People do not repeat what they do not get thanked for. You can know <laughs> that if you thank somebody for doing something, they will repeat the experience. So that's, that's where we move into, it's not just roles and expectations, but it's moving on to recognizing people for the work that they're doing. You know, usually the obstacle um, is communication, and uh, it's either how we talk to ourselves about ourselves or it's how we talk about um, the language that other people are using. It's sometimes it's in our own heads, <laughs> <laughs> the way we talk to ourselves about ourselves, and it's sometimes it's the language that are going, that's going on around us, and so that can get in our way. Have you ever found that to be the case, Jeff, where you see a leader and it's the, it's the conversation that they're having inside their head or the way that they're communicating out in the in the group that's getting in their way? <laughs> well, let's start with the head. Um, we call that the um, multiple things. It's the gremlin. It's uh, monkey mind. It's the chattering monkey. You know, it can be lots of different things. So first and foremost, the, yeah, we have to have good self-talk, right? So some of it is self-talk. So start there. Uh, a, a quick tool there is what I call gap analysis. Think about something you're grateful for, something that you appreciate, and something you're proud of. So that will help dim the self-talk. Grateful, appreciation, proud of. It's not all there, though. And so uh, Dan and Chip Heath have a great model that um, really hits, it comes from the book called Switch. And it's about an elephant, a rider, and a path. And so the rider is logic. We have to explain, if we're trying to get people to go in a new direction and help uh, them be as successful as possible, they have to know the path that we're on. Next is the elephant. And so it's fine. Logic's great, but we all know that we're supposed to eat like, you know, eight fruits and vegetables every day and 476 gallons of water and all that kind of stuff. Okay, maybe not that, but that doesn't mean that we do it every day, you know? So just for the show, uh, you know, Jennifer and I were there and I I grabbed seven, eight M&Ms. That's not in the food pyramid, but the motion said, oh, I just would like a little chocolate. And so we've got to figure out how do we put the rider, the logic, the motion, and then create a path. So when you're trying to lead someone, you have to appeal to the data, the facts and figures. Why do we need change? But then you have to hit the elephant with the emotion saying, the change is not that big. We're just asking for maybe a 5% tweet. And then here's the path. Here's the first step or two that I want you to do. So to me, that's a great way to get people to start to um, improve their performance and be able to start in uh, seeking peak performance. 
And in those cases, Jeff, I find that it's people's emotions get in the way, their mm. feelings, they kick up against something that happened, or it's a why. They want, they don't know why they're being asked to do what they're being asked to do. So if you are getting resistance, to be curious about the why yeah. and to wonder about the feeling. Why uh, does this person know what they're doing? And why are they not doing what they're doing? Is it the feeling? Those two. Yeah, great, Jennifer. So two, two points on that. Uh, resistance is often just a lack of clarity. So let me re- repeat that. Resistance is often just a lack of clarity. So if you're seeing some resistance, I would check myself in the mirror first and say, how well did I get do it laying out the expectations? Did I provide clear expectations? Have I reinforced the right behaviors? Next, it's also often a situation problem. And so what I mean by that is maybe the person wants to change, but what happens when they go back to their coworkers and all the coworkers are saying, no, we don't need to do that. Let's just kind of wait and let's see if this is really going to happen. And so I try not to look at so much as uh, it's an individual resisting as is the leader, am I as a leader providing good clarity? And then am I helping them to address some of the emotions? I can hear some of you out there right now as a leader saying, oh, I got to address emotions. Well, you know what? The emotions are there week in and week out. And stay tuned to next week. Uh, Lee's going to be on. Lee Huber's going to be on with us next week. And we're going to deal with the dreaded drama triangle. So we'll do a much deeper dive into emotions next week. But what I'd say is, yes, as a leader, it's our job to hit the emotions. But to be able to empathize, understand, and be able to say, okay, how can we get through this? And be able uh, to do some baby steps to plot the course. Yeah, just this week I had someone in a conversation. We were talking, and there was resistance, and I heard the resistance, and I just stayed curious. Why? Mm. Why? And underneath it all, she she wanted to be given an opportunity that she hadn't been given. Uh-huh. And so I said, you, you got to go tell. You have to go just say, I wish that I'd been given this opportunity. I'm good. I'm going to do my best. But I just wanted you to know, because that will just show that this person has growth potential Mm -hmm. and they're enthusiastic about their work and if they go and tell and they share that they'll get rid of the resistance and they'll be able to run and you set that down go share that's good for you (laughs) well jennifer we got about one minute left in this segment you want to just recap the model so we can uh get get to a new place after the break here absolutely so high potential zone begins with a clarity of roles Getting the roles and goals right. Moving on to recognition is first base. Giving people good thanks and appreciation. Reviewing what they've done uh, as they're continuing on the way. And then third base is refine. That's when you're up close and coaching right alongside them so that they can cross that cross that home plate and uh, score. And so then we uh, recognize, go back to first base and recognize again, right? So That's right. Jennifer, great, great insights. So um, what we'll do is when we come back for break, we're going to start digging into some of the challenging cases that we face, uh, that we lead through. So thanks for being with us. And we'll be back in two minutes to talk about some of our tougher cases. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in your brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. Psych Up Live with host Dr. Suzanne Phillips is an insider's glimpse at a life from a psychological perspective. It's a look at what matters to us. Why do we laugh? How do we cope with stress? Are men and women really that different? What is it about our relationships? How are they formed? How they work out? And why they sometimes don't? Every week is something new to engage you. Psych Up Live is heard every Thursday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. We'll turn up your perspective on life. All around the outermost rim of the shield 
he set the mighty stream of the river Oceanus, creating Achilles' shield in Homer's The Iliad, Book 18. Rachel Carson, in The Sea Around Us, said, All at last, return to the sea, to Oceanus, the ocean river, like the ever-flowing stream of time, the beginning and the end. Moyer's Environmental Dialogues with Dr. Rob Moyer offers lively dialogue and revealing narrative inquiry into how individuals are overcoming obstacles and creating a greener and blue planet Earth. Tune in Thursdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, 12 noon Pacific on the Voice America Variety Channel. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com You are listening to Volcast Illuminating Leadership. To reach Jeff Smith or his guest today, please call 1-866-472-5788. Again, that's 1-866-472-5788. You may also send an email to Jeff at VoltageLeadership.com. Now back to Volcast Illuminating Leadership. Welcome back. I'm so glad you could be with us today. This is Jeff Smith. I'm here today with Jennifer Owen Oakwell, and we've been having a fantastic conversation about coaching for peak performance. And so now what we're going to do is we're just going to have a conversation about some of the challenging situations we see. We try to coach our leaders on. Uh, we work with the individuals to help them figure out their career, what they're doing, and how to reach peak performance. So Jennifer, let's just start out. I'll throw one to you, and we'll just kind of go back and forth. But first one that we really struggle with a lot is that person that's status quo. Right. And so they're um, they've been there for a while. They're they're doing okay, um, but they seem to be pretty pleased with status quo. But as I always say, you know, we need people move probably about 10 percent per year. You know, uh, high potentials maybe go up 20 percent in their performance per year. But if they do status quo for two years, three years, they're now 20 or 30 percent below the average employer employee or performance. Right. So what do you do when someone comes to you and says, hey, I got the status quo employee. What's your advice? Well, I'm always curious about what that person really wants. Mm. I mean, there's something about finding out what those aspirations are in that individual. Maybe it is that they have stopped being noticed and seen. Mm -hmm. So if you aren't paying attention and asking them what they're doing, they're not going to be motivated to actually do something different or new. So some of it is not being afraid to go and review their performance and Mm -hmm. give them a, a real clear runway about what they should be doing next. Mm -hmm. That's one of the things I've noticed. What about you, Jeff? Yeah, so I think the first thing is um, stop being so nice. Right? Right. (laughs) Lean into it and have a real honest conversation. Hey, this is just what I'm noticing. Um, These are my impressions. This is what I see. And I know you're capable of more. And so I understand. You know, I like what you're saying. What's your desired outcome? What are you hoping to achieve? But I also appeal and say, look, you know, I know that you're capable of more. What is it that you want to do? And let me be clear, I'm not asking the people to move up and then they want to get a promotion. This is they need to be doing their current job better and more effectively to reach peak performance. And for a lot of these organizations, you guys run really lean now. There's not nearly as much um, uh, scalability and bandwidth to be able to like, okay, I can afford to have two people stuck over there not performing 100%. That's just not the case today. And so, you know, I really have that conversation. So I start honest. Then I would say, you know, what is it you hope to achieve? How can we help you get there? But I'm also... um, I'm not going to let it go. I'm going to be following up with them probably every 30 days until I see that I've seen it change. I think that's important to get alongside people and keep 
the conversation going. Mm-hmm. I actually think sometimes in, a, in the beginning, more than 30 days is important. Yeah, I sure. want someone to come back alongside uh, their poor performer or their mediocre performer or their status quo and say, so what are you doing? Mm-hmm. What have you got for me? And to make the goal manageable. If you set something at a performance review and it's a year out, they're not going to hit that target. It's too far away. Right. But if you break it up quarterly, monthly, weekly even and say, "This what, I, what are you going to do this week to get to where you need to be by the end of the month? All right, I'm going to check. That is helpful. you got to check the work of the people around you. Good. You got anything for me? Do I have anything for you? I don't know. I'm good right now. Uh, let's uh, let me think about um, what do we do when the chemistry is off. Hmm. Let's talk about that. We switch to biology. We saw so- oh, <laughs> clever. <laughs> um, life sciences. Yes, we 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 move out of life sciences. No. Um, so when the chemistry is off, you know that's an interesting one. Um, here's what I'd say first and foremost is. Don't pass them around your organization. Mm-hmm. Deal with it inside your organization. Hey, you know what? There is the possibility that the chemistry really is off and the person could be more successful in another part of the company. What I find most of the time, though, is if they're not successful where they are today, they're probably not going to be successful someplace else. So I go back to, do we have clear expectations? Have I, as a leader, done a good enough job of providing recognition? Am I giving them a chance to have some ownership? And quite honestly, can I look in the mirror and say, I've given them really good feedback? That being said, we've all worked for bosses where it really clicked, and then there's been some other bosses where it just hasn't worked quite as well. And so what I look for there is, um, when I'm working with the leaders, I try to say, go back and reassess. What was the reason that you hired them? What, what was it that made them so great? And if you thought about that again, maybe you now have gotten so used to each other, it's a bit like a marriage. You know, you kinda, you're kind of in it day in and day out. How do you sort of get the passion back? Well, you go back to re-beginning and resetting expectations and say, this is what the person brought to me, and what can I do to find the best? I'd also maybe go somewhere else, uh, so a peer, maybe another manager that's interacted with my person um, or one of the stars on my team, and say, hey, what do you know about, knows about this person? Tell me what you see doing their best, because maybe I've just gotten a bit jaded and I don't see it anymore. That's excellent. I find uh, also that going back to resetting those ground rules, it might be that your needs have changed, that Mm. you chose the person and you chose them for good reasons. And that time is over, but you haven't gone back to restate what your new needs are so that they can decide again if they're going to meet that target and so that it's transparent and clear Mm -hmm. and you keep the conversation going. To hire someone to a job description, I think, is not particularly fruitful. (laughs) Because I don't know about you, but the job description changes daily. Uh, uh, I don't don't mean that. I don't mean that like that. But the pace of business is different. And so what you get uh, when when you sign on for a role, yes, there's a scope of work that you have. But the specifics of what you need to do day in and day out, that might change in order to be successful. Well, I was just working with someone on a job description uh, two days ago. And all, all other duties is assigned, right? You know, and so literally that's true. It, and, and so I think you're right on that, as well as um, what I'm always curious about um, is it is a two-way conversation. And so I'm curious whether they feel about me. I feel the chemistry is off. Name it. Hey, it feels like we're just not in sync with each other right now. Let's talk about that. When we're at our best, what's going on? What do we see in each other? Mm-hmm. And we're probably not at our best today. And so the current reality is we're not there. And so let's talk about that. And then what are the baby steps to get us back to that place? You know, so lean into it and just being honest and having that conversation. 
And it's uh, so sometimes it's a simple thing like uh, sharing what your real frustration is. Right? Do you keep that secret because it feels might be it's petty, uh, but it isn't petty. If some right. if someone's overusing uh, the grace that's available, right? <laughs> you've run out. <laughs> it's not good. So being honest about what you what you see and how you're feeling that's important. Yeah, you know, and we've got all size customers that uh, we work with. Um, but one of the challenges that, that happens maybe in small and mid-sized firms a little bit more is you've got a superstar and they've got nowhere to go. Yeah. You know, they look up and they're just, it, there isn't a space yet to have maybe a vice president or maybe even a director or the owner is there and, you know, they're not going to give over all those responsibilities. You know, truthfully, though, you know, I work with big companies, 25,000, 40,000 person companies. You can still get sort of, you know, log rolled in front of you where there's a, you know, someone that's basically the same age as you and, and they're in the role and you're three to five years off. So how do you deal with that superstar that right now has got nowhere to go and, you know, you don't want to lose them to the competition? Well, that's a great question. I think there's two approaches um, that I take. One is for that person to to communicate to that person that I know that they're there, that they're Mm. getting recognized, and that I am reviewing them just as intently, really, as anybody else, because those are the people that really do want to grow. So you can still make investments in someone's professional success, even if they're your superstar. It's okay for them to get better in their role. There's lots of places they can perform. There's opportunities for them to show what you do outside of the organization and represent your reputation in that way. So there's more than one way to allow that person to shine. Yes, they might be a little hemmed in by their current role, but that doesn't mean that they can't have the enjoyment of having their reputation grow and flourish while they're while they're waiting. Or uh, to maybe they're maybe they can have the role expanded to where they stay happy in the role. They don't necessarily need the title, but what they do want to be is engaged. And so I think keeping the engagement, that's the key. And uh, and allowing yourself to continue to invest, even if they aren't jumping up that ladder. Yeah. Um, so this is one where it's probably more ladder related than some of the other scenarios that we're dealing with. It doesn't have to be, but I, I do think that there's the possibility of saying, is there another part of the business that you go go mm-hmm. learn and grow yourself sort of horizontally if vertical is not available? Um, so I think that's a good suggestion. I like the suggestion too. I've used this one often. Um, something outside the organization. So I'll give an example. Uh, I was working with someone just recently that knew they wanted to move up to sort of that director level, um, and they knew that budgeting experience would be required, but they weren't getting any budgeting experience in the current job. Superstar. And so they went to a volunteer organization and um, were able to get onto the board and learn how to budget. And so they're going to be able, when they have the chance to interview and be able to, to go in there, yeah, I haven't had a lot of budgeting experience here, but I have gone out on my own and learned it. I love the initiative that's all. So volunteering, um, going outside your department. Um, I'd also say this is one of those, look at things like certifications. Is there something that you can give that's portable to this person that gets them to be able to keep their learning going and they see that you're investing in them? You know, so it doesn't have to be a full-blown MBA, but it could be a certification in some content or, you know, in an IT, you know, certificate or, you know, maybe in your case, a coaching certificate. And make sure that they're getting the recognition that you're investing in them. That is so important. People, every time uh, when they get invested in and every time we're engaged, we're we're on the receiving end of lots of people that are coming to us because the company's made a decision to invest in their uh, growth and their professional development. And they just shine Mm -hmm. and you can walk through the organization and those people are uh, radiating a next level of performance. And that really is what the company's after. So uh, I would say continue to invest and give them your time and attention and resources. Yeah. uh, And yes, to all that. And as a leader, I would challenge you too. 
to sort of say, what else can I be doing? Is there some stuff that maybe I've hoarded on my plate? Mm. And a few things where I'm not taking them to meetings or I'm not letting them represent my voice. So really start to challenge yourself. Um, the final thing I'd say about that is be real intentional. Here's why I'm asking you to go in my behalf. Here's why I'm asking you to take on this project. Here's what I hope you to learn during this. And that, that's going to be a critical skill. So the more you make that link, the better I think you, you're going to be. Okay. Um, here's one that I'll maybe I'll start on this one. I've got a scenario where an older employee is just coasting. And so, you know, they're just a few years from retirement. Um, and don't hear this as age discrimination. This is just someone that is, you know, used to be really strong and used to do a great job. Uh, in this particular scenario, they're even telling people that they're coasting. <laughs> so it's like, wow, really honest. And so one of the things that we've done, um, you know, I'll start and Jennifer, you, you chime in, but we've actually sort of said, Hey, you know what? We think you're fantastic. You've been great for us for for a good while. You know, tell us what it is that would take you to get excited and engaged again. Again, it's a two-way conversation. So part of what you're going to hear over and over is that it's a conversation. You know, it's not just guessing what's going on in someone's head, but you're having the conversation. The next thing that we did was, are there things that would be interesting to you? Are there some things that we could sort of make you the master? Because in most cases, the upward project, uh, the upward um, flight path of their career is done. You know, it doesn't have to be, but often it is. And so it's a matter of what do you want your legacy to be? Mm-hmm. Would you like to mentor? Would you like to become subject matter expert? Could you be the voice of us out in the community about what we're doing? And I generally find that if you ask a few of those questions, that's enough to get them excited about one of those. And it's amazing then what happens if they're excited about something. Generally, the coasting stops. What about you? Yeah, I got to chime in on that mentoring and support. There is, it's an identity shift. And that's what the conversation is about. The conversation is about helping that person see themselves in a new way. They're not finished. They have a new role to take on. And that new role is mentor. That new role is actually also coach. And so what does that mean then for the younger employee? What does that mean for the next generation? Oh, that's great. So some interesting situations that we tackled. I think that there's going to be one or two more after break that we'll uh, take on. And, uh, you know, really appreciate everyone being here. I hope you're getting a lot of value out of this. And we will see you in two minutes. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in your brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one Internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com In the spirit of Have Couch, Will Travel, Dr. Carol Lieberman creates a haven of sanity in an increasingly insane world. Each day we are bombarded with news of events that have never crossed our wildest nightmares. Society is spiraling out of control and everyone is reeling from it. But now there's an answer. The best way to keep sane in this insane world is to tune in to Dr. Carol's Couch on Voice America. Dr. Carol, a certified media psychiatrist, will broadcast live from her Beverly Hills office every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific time. Call or log in and get help with whatever is sending you reeling. Whenever you need a soothing voice to calm and advise you. That's Dr. Carol's Couch every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time here on America's Voice, voiceamerica.com. The Voice America Live Events page is here now to showcase your corporate, individual, or organization's live event. Visit voiceamerica.com forward slash live events to see all of our past live events and find out more. Whether it's a multi-day conference, special speaker, or single-day event, we've got everything to make your event a success. We can do a few hours or a few days. For more information about taking your event to the next level, call Jeff Spinard at 480 294 
480-486-6417 or email info at voiceamerica.com. Again, that's Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or send us an email to info at voiceamerica.com. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. You are listening to Volcast Illuminating Leadership. To reach Jeff Smith or his guest today, please call 1-866-472-5788. Again, that's 1-866-472-5788. You may also send an email to Jeff at voltageleadership.com. Now back to Volcast Illuminating Leadership. Welcome back. I'm here with Jennifer Owen O'Quill today. We've been talking about coaching for peak performance. It has been a fun conversation. We've run on our own bases. We've talked about some challenging situations. And in this last segment, what we're going to do is wrap up one or two of our challenging situations, do a recap, and then highlight next week. So, Jennifer, just before the break, we've been talking about some of those older employees. And I saw rolling of the eyes in our listener audience because they're like, that's not it. It's those youngers. It's those millennials. It's those daggum young people and the entitlement mentality. And Okay. Just pile it on. Uh, you know, I give a speech called um, uh, Managing the Multiple Generations in the Workplace. Baby boomers, Gen X, Gen Y. Oh, my. <laughs> and so, you know, what suggestions and best practices do you have about dealing with some of those young people in our workplace? Well, it is true that there are generational differences. It is true that there have always been generational differences. So you're feeling that these folks are different. That's true. And the generation before you felt that way about you. <laughs> so we all have different set of experiences right, that are creating our behaviors and driving how we, what we believe about the world that's getting us to show up and act the way we do. Here's what I would say. Every single person is an individual. They're mm-hmm. not part of a group. Mm-hmm. They have, yes, we all belong to a generation. You and I are Gen Xers, right? Uh, but uh, be curious about their talents. Mm-hmm. Everyone, everyone wants their talents used and how to line up their talents. They think differently. Mm-hmm. Enjoy how they think differently. And as an older leader, we have some wisdom. You have some wisdom about what you might share with a younger generation in a way that doesn't say you're wrong, mm-hmm. but says, hey, and let me teach you a little bit about organizational strategy and how to look at the whole thing mm-hmm. or how to how to figure out how to pace these ideas that you have. Because they'll come in and they'll want to, they'll see the better way to do the whole thing and they'll want to do the thing that they're good at. And I love that. I love that about their the enthusiasm that I hear a lot from you know, the leaders of younger workers. Sure. What do I do? I've got this great engaged person. Mm-hmm. Um, what advice, Jeff, do you give when you hear that from, mm-hmm. a, from a leader who's got a fired up, young uh, excited young leader? Yeah. Uh, first, I think my, my Uncle Jim, so a little shout out to Uncle Jim. Um, he, he calls it generation Y, as in they ask the question, why, 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 why? <laughs> but think about it. They don't have as much experience. And so this is not about them trying to be annoying. This is really about what we started about. If you're trying to get to that peak performance, I have to know my role and the goals. And so what they're asking for is, when I'm asking a lot of why questions, what I'm looking to figure out is, why do you want me to do this? So that I can hit your mark. I can hit that home run around this high potential baseball diamond we were talking about earlier. So for me, it's about 
slowing it down and being getting curious. Remember too that they don't need the hour sit down conversation. This is in micro bites. So when I'm working with the younger leaders, often what it is is more like a 5-10 conversation multiple times a week because they just need bite-sized pieces so they can move to the next thing. Remember, they're thinking in Twitter, 140 characters. You know, Jennifer, you and I might be somewhere in between. Maybe we, we're thinking the 20-minute phone call. And maybe the baby boomer says an hour or once a month that we sit down. That's enough. So it's really trying to flex to what that younger worker might need. And remember, to your point, each person is an individual. So remember that, you know, I'm a firstborn child. I'm from a small town. I'm, I'm all those things, too. I'm not just a Gen Xer. So get curious. Ask them how they can perform best. And then my final thought on that is, grow them, just challenge them, let them do it because they love to do it. And just remember, when you were young, you wanted to try to ask these questions, you want to do these things, but maybe you weren't allowed or maybe it was frowned upon. And so if we really be truthful, these are the questions they're asking, the things that they want to do, probably the same things we want to do. And the best workers, they'll still rise up and do a great job for you. It is true. It is true. And I would just add on to that. Yes, they like to know why, but they also love that question, what do you see? Mm -hmm. So they want to know why, and that's their question, but what do you see? Uh, I love asking really anybody at any generation in the workforce, but particularly someone who's new to the company, new to the organization, or or young in work, uh, what are the strengths and weaknesses that you see? Mm -hmm. What are the opportunities and threats that you see? What uh, steps would you take to correct them? Mm -hmm. I'm curious. Because that pushes the thinking of not just assessment, Mm -hmm. (laughs) but think about a plan and what the impact would be. Okay, now you've got your plan. What now? Yeah, I love to do that with people that are new or new to a project that I'm working with. 30 days in, hey, just give me your quick assessment. You know, like, what is it? Because after a little while, they're going to lose those new eyes. And then again, 90 days, because now they know a little bit more. Because, you know, even though like our small firm, you know, we can start to excuse away maybe why we can't do, you know, a big marketing database. But it doesn't mean it wasn't the right question to ask. And so be really curious and ask these questions. One last one that I want to hit, and then I'd like you to maybe just do a little recap of the model uh, right here at the end. Uh, one that I get often asked is, okay, Jeff, but we don't have any money for development. What are we supposed to do? You know, I want to coach, but there's no chance for me to go get some improvement in my skills. I can't really give people like uh, training. We don't have the training budget, things like that. So here's what I recommend is there are other leaders in your organization that you can go learn from. So go find somebody that's good at developing people and go ask them some questions. If you can't find one there, find someone in your circle of friends. Someone is good at this. Um, Sometimes it could be someone from a church. It can be a sports team. There is someone there that is good at developing people and knows how to connect and build relationships. So go ask. Okay. Next, Um, a lot of the development we're talking about is on the job. Being able to stretch them. Maybe they can get a book from the library. You can do a, uh, a group study and a discussion to help coach people up from a conversation, and that can be fantastic. So it doesn't have to have a lot of money. Again, it can also happen volunteer time. Incursion, these are skill sets that you need. I'm not going to be able to give you that assignment in the workplace for a year or two. Maybe you can find something in your volunteer space. So don't let money get in the way. The greater one is time, but please make time for it. A dollar invested here is probably worth $5. And just think about if you had to replace that superstar or that high potential. So, Jennifer, maybe a little recap from uh, from your end, and then I'll close out the show today. So I appreciate uh, the conversation, Jeff. We think about uh, coaching people, and the model is the high potential zone baseball diamond. So imagine that you're uh, you're 
at bat, and that's your roles, understanding uh, what your roles and goals are and having them well-defined by both you uh, as the performer and the leader who's asking you to do it so that everybody's clear. And double-checking, asking. Recognition is first base. What is going right? You got here, and you're on base, and you're running the bases. Let's recognize people for taking the first step so that they can repeat the behavior. What do you want this person to keep doing? And then review. It is always important to let people know whether they are hitting your targets and If you skip the review, you rob people of information they need to be successful. So don't do it. Spend the time you need in order to give your people an accurate snapshot of what it is that they need to do. And finally, refine. That is where we coach in the moment, right in the moment when the experience is fresh. Don't wait. Pause and do an after action right when we're at the event, right when we're in the hallway, when we're done, whatever it is. When something goes wrong or something goes right, be sure and coach in the moment. Uh, The more direct application of learning happens there. So it's roles, recognition, review, and refine, and that's the high potential zone. Jeff. Awesome. So if you're only going to do one or two things, what I'd say is recognize people, think five to one, and set some clear goals and expectations. Jennifer, fantastic. Thank you for being here today. Next week, we're going to have Lee Huber, and we're going to be talking about the dreaded drama triangle. How do we get out of it and get into empowerment zone? So we'll be giving you some tools and tips on helping to lead people through conversations and hopefully helping them be as successful as possible. In two weeks, we're going to have John Hagemeyer on the show, and we'll be talking to him about the success of his company. So thank you so much for joining us today. You can reach me at area code 547. Try that again, 540-798-1963 or Jeff at VoltageLeadership.com. Our website is www.VoltageLeadership.com. You can like me on Facebook at Voltage Leadership. You can connect with me at LinkedIn on Jeff Smith, Voltage Leadership Consulting. Follow me at Twitter at JMU Jeff. You've been listening to Voltcast Illuminating Leadership. Thank you so much for being with us today from all around the world. We hope you have a fantastic week. Go out and recognize someone and help develop them. Until next week, have a fantastic time. Look forward to seeing you next week. Thank you for tuning in to Voltcast, illuminating leadership. Please join your host, Jeff Smith, again next Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time and 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. We'll discuss another engaging topic next week.